Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Matteo Pistono, host of the Hay House Meditations podcast. And I'm here to invite you to our free five-day meditation challenge starting January 28th at hayhouse.com slash five days. There are so many benefits to meditation. In as little as five days, you can be on your way to sleeping better, feeling calmer, embracing life more, and finding ways to ease your physical pain. During the challenge, each day, you'll receive two free meditations, one for the morning and one for the evening. These guided meditations will help you unlock a happier and healthier you. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to two live webinars with me where I'll answer your meditation questions. And best of all, you'll be joining a like-minded, supportive community, making the commitment to change their lives by building a meditation practice that brings meaningful results. Whether you're brand new to meditation or a seasoned meditator, I really hope you'll join us starting on January 28th. Go to hayhouse.com slash five days to join now and download a free PDF where I share five ways to boost your meditation practice. That's hayhouse.com forward slash the number five D-A- Y-S. Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. And Dr. Wayne Dyer joins us live today on the air, back on the airwaves after a couple of weeks of being out on the road. And uh, I did get a chance to to see you. I was telling you before the show, I glimpsed you from afar in uh, Pasadena. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't even get to say hello. I'm sorry I know. about that. Well, it was so crazy, just an amazing event, and uh, you did such a great talk that Friday. The keynote was so incredible. We had so much excitement. Uh, CBS Sunday Morning Film crew was there, and yes, it was great. They were with uh, Stacy Smith. Uh, is it, I think it's oh, Tracy Smith. Tracy, yes, yeah, she, yeah my like, uh, yeah, she uh, <clears throat> she interviewed me. It was really a wonderful interview. It's going to be airing on CBS. Uh, the morning show. What's it called? CBS. CBS Sunday morning. CBS Sunday morning, uh, the sixteenth, a week from Sunday, two weeks from yesterday. That is so exciting because so, I love that show. I've been taping it for years. Yes. My daughter uh, Tracy's been telling me about this, and she said, "Dad, you should tape this show. It's like I've recorded. You know, every every Sunday, it's a positive spin. They do the news, but they do. So I've watched it the last couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. So." Uh, and they did a very, very positive interview. It's, it's very often when you do those kind of interviews, they have to pre- present one side, then they have to present all the reasons why everything you just said is not va- is not important and not valid. <laughs> it's like they got to present both sides of the news or whatever. But this is a show that c- kind of uh, puts a positive spin on virtually everything, whatever it is. It's, uh, looking at it from a p- position of, you know, even with the o- Ebola thing and so on, look at it in terms of. Uh, what we can do and how we can, you know, instead of just looking at all the things that are going wrong. So. Well, I think they got some great material. I saw them at various events around the weekend taping, and then mm-hmm. they were taping on Friday. And I loved you, like, walked out in the crowd and everybody had their phones and they were all taking pictures. Right. <laughs> that was, <laughs> right. that was yeah. so fun. Yeah. It was great. Did you enjoy yeah. meeting uh, all of your fans? Out I there did. On Friday? It was, uh, yeah, it had been a while since I had been out there. Yeah, and that that uh, Pasadena event is really beautiful. That's such a wonderful theater. Uh, great big venue. It holds about three thousand people, and it was almost filled. 
so it was, yeah, it was a great, great evening. But I was, you know, I've been reading this uh, book that I've talked a little bit about on the air with uh, you a couple of times called Vasista's Yoga. And I'm about halfway through now. I'm on page 389, to be exact. Um, <clears throat> so I'm getting close to the halfway point and studying it every single day. But it had a huge, huge impact. Um, somebody in the audience, someone uh, that I know, I don't want to mention by name. Um, she's fairly well known. And, and I also knew her father. And um, she came up to me uh, or she wrote me a letter uh, that I just got uh, in the mail on Saturday. Uh, telling me how that talk on Friday night had really, uh, you know, just sort of transformed her. That uh, when she was uh, when she was a young girl, that she had uh, had a lot of abuse, sexual abuse, visited on her by her father, and uh, her mother knew about it. And just like this, this horrible story of uh, you know a young girl and her sister who had had all of these difficulties and uh, and had to live with that. And then um, she just said that she was freed on Friday night. It was just a really beautiful letter. I would read it, but it's too long. Um, and someone might know who that person is, and I want to sort of keep, keep it confidential. But it was, uh, it was very, very impactful. And then I looked on the Internet um, on my Facebook page, and there were just uh, hundreds and hundreds of people telling me you were on fire that night and uh, you know you, you 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 I've never seen you you know use more humor and more whatever it might be it and a lot of it is is coming from this this uh, phenomenal book that I'm reading which is teaching me about who I really am who we all really are you know that the the, the infinite consciousness that uh, that is uh, our essence and um, and it's it's like put me in a really peaceful place as far as uh, um, dealing with helping people grieving and dealing with death and things like that, it's where, where you get this complete awareness of uh, of the uh, of who, the who essence, you really are, you know, of our very of our very very essence. You know, it's like you can take. They say over and over again, you can take the body that you're in and you can cut it into a million pieces and pulverize it and uh, and burn it up and whatever, but you can never <clears throat> you can you can never touch the set, the space inside. Um, very much like a, a bowl, you know, or a cup. If you take a uh, uh, if you take a pot, and um, and you say, okay, this is a pot, and you pulverize the the uh, the clay that makes up the pot, uh, the space inside the pot can never be destroyed. No, no matter what you do to the uh, what you do to the pot, and the idea that uh, that somehow this space inside the pot, which is what which is what constitutes the the pot itself. Um, that it is uh, that it is born when the pot is born, uh, when the clay is born, is absurd, and that it perishes when the when the when the uh, pot perishes or is pulverized. That that which is inside the inner space uh, can never be destroyed, and it's like, in order to have a pot, you must have the space. But uh, uh, and the reverse isn't true, though. The space doesn't need a pot. The space is just infinite. It's always there. And then if you extend this metaphor to yourself um, and and see your body as sort of the pot, as the clay, and you can break it in half, you can cut it up, you can do any number of things to it, um, but the what's inside, the space that's inside, that's what's listening right now on the radio show, that's what's coming out of me right now, the thoughts that you're having as I say this and so on, all of this, uh, this invisibleness within can never be destroyed. And the idea that... Uh, you know the space within us, which is what we really are, uh, begins when the body starts. It's just as absurd as beginning that the space inside of a of a pot begins when the clay starts. It's always there, and it, it can never perish. And uh, it's just been a 
you know, that's just one little metaphor of what uh, I spoke about. I know I spoke a bit about that on Friday night. You can tell me more about what I spoke about <laughs> on Friday night because I never, I never can remember. Even and I, I very often used to give uh, 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 talks at churches on, on Sunday morning, and I do the eleven o'clock, nine o'clock service, and the eleven o'clock service. And I can remember saying to my friend Jack Boland one time. Um, when I gave it, this was in Detroit at the Renaissance uh, Unity Church there, uh, and I gave a talk at nine o'clock. And Jack came up to me, and said that was great, Wayne. He said, "Now do exactly the same thing for the eleven o'clock service," and I said, "That's fine, except I have no idea what I just said in the nine o'clock service, and that was about ten o'clock." Uh, so it's just, it's 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 that whole essence of uh, remembering that, that you know that God delivers all the speeches and, and all the talks and writes all the books, and um, you know you can. Uh, uh, you don't take any credit for it whatsoever. So, well, you were on fire. <laughs> it was it was a I great was. it was a great talk. Um, you know, yeah. you shared some great stories, and you know mm. about how seeing obstacles as divine gifts. Mm. And uh, yeah. I, and I spoke to a lot of people after because I was out there with my little tape recorder, you know, taping mm-hmm. people's reactions after some of the talks. And mm-hmm. people were just, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm changed, you know, it's life-changing mm-hmm. and an amazing talk. And a lot of people mm-hmm. were very moved. So you, you did yeah. reach a lot of people that night. Well, I know I reached that one, the one lady who wrote me this beautiful, beautiful letter. It just really touched me to, to, to the core, this letter. And... Um, and I was thinking about the, you know, how I was called to do this, this, uh, the reading of this book, this of uh, Asista's Yoga, and to study this ancient, ancient teaching, which is, is a monumental undertaking. I mean, just the idea that I want to read the entire thing—it's going to take me several months to, just to get through it, and then I'm going to read it again. Um, uh, and um, you know, my teacher in India, Nisargadatta. Maharaj, um, it is said that he read the, when he after he read Basista's Yoga, uh, he became enlightened. It was that was the that was the turning point for him, and um, even in the introduction, Swami Muktananda says that uh, this you know if you can get through this and and understand it, um, it will bring you uh, spiritual liberation. Uh, so it's it's something that I'm doing every day. I feel like I'm back in school, back in my my PhD days, and. Uh, because in those days I had so much reading to do that I wouldn't even go into the bathroom without at least a couple of textbooks to, to go with me. And to write <laughs> well, the down. fact that you said that you're on page three hundred something and you're only halfway through—I mean, it's I'm got, not even halfway through. It's quite through, the yeah. tome, I can imagine, if it's over six hundred yes. pages. It's the third largest book, according to the um, uh, on what it says on the internet. It's just the third longest book ever written as one book, uh, and it's just—it's just a dialogue between. Um, between Vasista, this divine spiritual master, uh, and um, and a young uh, a young man who's reaching for enlightenment named Rama, and it's that it's the dialogue back and forth, and it's the stories. And there are sometimes when I read it, I read about ten pages a day, and then I I write notes on it, and um, and sometimes I just write wow on the, on this on, on the margin, you know, I just write on the book, uh, and and I go back to it the next day and the next and. Uh, trying to just let it really become uh, it's like it's the highest level for me I think it's the uh, it's the top of the ladder you know that Rumi said that when we are born uh, a ladder is placed before us to help us to escape from this world to help us I think to understand what Jesus said that you are in this world we're all in this world we're all filling out the forms and doing doing the best we can with these bodies that we have and so on we're all in this world but we're not of this world 
And that's right. something I think, I think that a lot of people don't really understand what that means. Um, but, but our true essence is not this, these bodies that we're in or all this physical stuff that we see. This is no more, this is no different than uh, the eight hour dream that we have every night when all of the objects that we have in there are absolutely real. We're totally convinced that uh, this is all real. And then we awaken and realize that they're, they're all just thoughts. So we really need to remember, right? We, we, we knew this re- before. But I think we also need to realize that, uh, you know, this whole concept of infinity uh, and being infinite and, uh, and, and, <clears throat> and who we are is not this body that we're in that is going to perish, that, uh, that started in one moment and, st- and stops in another. That's what's something that's called finite. It finishes someplace and, and, and begins someplace. But the opposite of finite is infinite or infinite. And that means that it never stops. The minute that you try to put a finishing point on it, it's no longer infinite. It now becomes finite. And uh, our souls and, uh, and, and who we are, this interiority, um, doesn't uh, doesn't begin when the body begins, and it doesn't end when the body ends. To to understand that and grasp that, it uh, it gets past all of the sorrows that we experience and all the grieving that we go through in our lives, and and uh, it, it it's sort of hitting really hitting home with me what Jesus really meant by that. That uh, I'm really not of this world um, because this world has beginnings and ends and forms and uh you know and we 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 go through all of it but it's very much like uh it's very much like an eight-hour dream you know we have an eight-hour dream every night and everything in it seems to be real and then you realize it's all just thoughts the whole thing is thoughts even though you're uh, you're convinced that it's all real and it's hard and it's objective and so on uh when you awaken you look back at it and you don't you know, if you if you have a nice new car when you uh, in your dream and you wake up, you don't still go around looking for the car. You know, you realize that it was just a thought. But try to imagine that uh, this experience that we're in right now is just another. It's just another dream. Only it's a long dream. It's measured in hundred years instead of eight hours. And that everything that we imagine, everything that we see, everything we experience is is a thought as well. And uh, and that basically is the reality of the of the. Of infinite consciousness, but it's uh, it's kind of a hard thing to get a hold of because even in your dream at night, when someone, even if someone comes up to you in your dream and tries to convince you that you're in a dream, you're still going to say you're, you're not in that dream. That's true. <laughs> you know, until you awaken. Until I had a awaken. weird one last yeah. night. Did you? <laughs> a strange dream. <laughs> I dreamed that I was doing this radio show with Bill Maher. Instead, ah. instead of you, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Bill Maher on Hay House Radio. Wouldn't that yeah. be funny? <laughs> yes, that would be. <laughs> but no, yeah. I knew that was just a dream. <laughs> well, I had it, it, interesting because I, I, I think I told a few of my dreams. If I didn't do it there, I did it in Denver, and um, and one of those dreams is, um, you know, w- my daughter uh, Summer was about uh, seventeen or eighteen years old, and um, and she said to me. Um, you're not paying enough attention to the little girl. And there was a little baby girl in there who was about a year or two old. And uh, and she went over and she handed me this little girl. And she said, she wants you to pay attention to her. So I started paying attention and I realized that I was now holding my daughter Summer when she was two years old. And in the same dream, I, she was also 17 years old. So time, you know, you can do that kind of crazy thing that you can do with time. Have it a two-year-old. I had another dream like that when I had four of my children were, um, <clears throat> they were uh, like two, um, two, four, six, eight, and ten, because there was one every two years. They were just all young children. And um, I was trying to get them all uh, set uh, inside the 
uh, get him dressed and everything. And my wife had the van, and she pulled up outside in the van. And uh, so I got all of the kids ready, and I had them go through the door. And then when I got into the van, they were like 21, 23, 25, 27, and 29. I mean, it was like time. It was just whatever it is that I wanted to use my imagination for. Um, you know, it's like... It was it's great. Yeah, those kind of those kind of things fascinate me because I was absolutely convinced that they were little children, and then all of a sudden, within a second, that they were someone else. And when I read Anita's book, um, "Dying to Be Me," that's when it uh, that's when it really uh, hit me when she she talked about that whatever you place your attention on when you're in the other realm. When she was in the, her near death experience. Um, it, it, you experience it. There's no time delay between any thought that you have and it's manifesting for you. Um, and that's kind of what we all have waiting for us when we can finally shed these bodies, you know. William Butler Yeats, the famous Irish poet, said when I, when my friend Ramdas was having his 80th birthday about two years ago, and we were all sitting around the dinner table and we were all asked to say something uh, to Ramdas. Uh, this is a man that I've just adored and, and loved, you know, for, as long as I can remember since the 19, late 1960s. And um, I quoted what uh, William Butler Yeats said. He said, an aged man uh, is but a paltry thing, a tattered coat upon a stick. I always loved that image. Unless soul claps its hands and sings and louder sings for every tatter in its mortal dress. You know, we're just, if we really believe that we're these bodies, then we're just, uh, you know, an aged man is but a, it's just a paltry thing. We're just tattered coats on a stick, uh, unless we find our soul. And when we, when we know that who we are is infinite and we clap our hands with our soul, then all things are possible. All things. That's beautiful. Pretty well, before we go to calls, I wanted to mention one other thing uh, quickly, too. So right on my desk, fresh off the press, I have the brand new book with you and Esther. Uh, together, you had never really done anything like this before. Co-creating at its best, a conversation between master teachers is available. Pretty amazing. It's just it's out now, isn't it? It is. So it's in my hand right so now. <laughs> the people who call, get through, it's also on video. So we'll either send them the video or the book for everybody who gets through today. So whoever calls, make sure you leave your address. And you know, I still haven't seen the book. Oh, you haven't? Uh, it's beautiful. No, yeah, it's, uh, I'm expecting to see it. You know, today or tomorrow, it'll be it'll be here. Um, it's here. But yeah, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing event. Abraham, I, uh, you know, Esther Hicks and Esther and Jerry Hicks were very, very good friends of mine. Jerry passed on uh, about a year ago or so. Um, but the teachings of Abraham, I think, are the most profound teachings on the planet today. I mean, I've listened to I've listened to Esther um, channeling these uh, these this collection of of divine spirits who've uh, who are coming from the. And at first, when I you know, there's just an awful lot of people doing that sort of thing, and it's like uh, and a lot of them that. So I were really you skeptical? At at the beginning. Were you really? Yeah, I was absolutely i was yeah yeah ghosts talking to us <laughs> from the other side yeah that's a that, that flies in the face of everything that i was ever told in my life about what reality is but now of course i have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing and this was uh it was a three-hour conversation between the two of us which we've turned into a book and it's also a cd and a dvd uh co-creating at its best and it was an amazing amazing evening it was very very helpful to me and i tried to ask the kinds of questions that you would be able to ask of uh, you know of of those who have uh, who are living in that spiritual realm, um, 
It was a, it was really an amazing evening. Uh, as I, while I was doing it, I was again very much like when I gave the talks at the church. Uh, I, I didn't even realize what was. I was so concentrating on what she was saying at that that instant um, that uh, you know I couldn't even recollect any of it. So when I listened to it uh, to get my final approval for it, I was really touched. It's I think going to be one of the 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 most important things I've ever done. Yeah, people are going to love this. I mean, you cover some yeah. great stuff, you know, everything from dharma, destiny, you know, if people mm. are on the right path. And you also yeah. touch on um, Monsanto, GMOs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you, right. cover, you cover a lot yeah. of things. And the Abraham answered them very, very they – don't, they don't care if you're a celebrity or not. They, just, they always come up with very, very powerful answers. But, uh, and it's always consistent. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. co-creating at its best. It's a book and a DVD, and we'll – We'll send one of those to everyone. Let's see who's on the on the line here. Let's get a couple of people going. Uh, how about let's go to Natalia? It's a pretty name, Natalia in Los Angeles, and she is on line four. Natalia, welcome uh, to the you. show. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking my call. Um, hello, Dr. Dyer, and hello, Diane. Hi. How are you, dear? I'm good. I'm good. And I was actually also in Pasadena that Friday, and you were absolutely amazing. I was just captivated by you. So oh, thank well, you thank so you. You know what? Yes. I just I, I went out there, and I just sat down, and I just got very quiet. And I repeated what I always say from A Course in Miracles as I was being introduced. You know, if you knew who walked beside you at all times on this path that you have chosen... You could never experience fear or doubt again. And I just walked out. I just realized that I wasn't alone and that I was called to. And I just sort of let it come. And uh, it, it, uh, the, the reaction to it has been just amazing, more so yeah. than anything I've done in a long time. And, you know, I found myself like I was just, I was glued to you. You, you know, it was just, I was just, I just saw your face and I just kept staring at you and, and just taking it all in. It was, oh. really, it, was, it was absolutely amazing. It was a nice night. Where are Thanks. you from originally? Um, I am from Ukraine. Oh, from Ukraine? Yeah. You have I family over there you, now? I, I did call you a couple of months ago asking about mm-hmm. a war. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you gave me a really good answer, and I've been I've been trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, what's well, on your mind today, my dear? You. Uh, so I have been struggling with uh, my mother. I have a very difficult relationship with her. I have a business in Ukraine, and she's running it there for me, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to run it from here. And, um, you know, we just have a lot of differences and misunderstandings, and, like, you know, I, I try to think that I'm the boss, and I try to, to tell her what to do, and she resists me. And So we've had it for seven years, and it's... It's just been difficult. So, mm-hmm. and I, I have collected some grievances and resentments toward her, and and then last year I was pregnant with my baby, and you know I, I, I didn't feel like she respected me, you know, in the sense that I should not have been stressing out, and yeah, her mm-hmm. and my brother, they were kind of ignoring me, not not doing what I was asking them to do, and. I just got, you know, I guess just got really upset. And now, of course, she wants to see my baby. You know, she wants to come and visit. And and I'm just kind of holding her back from it. And I don't know if I'm wrong for doing this, but I just really want well, to... Well, the question isn't whether... The question isn't whether you're wrong. The question is whether you're happy. 
and whether you're feeling content yeah. and you're obviously not um yeah, you, you, yeah i can hear it all over you that yeah. uh, this is your mother this is your mother um you know look at her the same way your little baby is looking at you as her mother you know okay. it's a it's a spiritual relationship it doesn't make any difference if you have uh disagreements on you know how anything is done um th those are just the natural part of it but there is there is a love uh, that exists between you and your mother and you've allowed it to become sullied um by by having expectations that she should be seeing things in terms of how to run this business exactly the same way that you see them you know mm. that having having your mother in, involved in a business uh in another part of the world um is going to be loaded with all kinds of uh you know just just disentangling entangling kinds of uh, of problems you know she's in a different generation she lives in a she lives in a different part of the world she lives in a different culture than you do uh even though you're over here you know it's like yeah. um and 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 it's like uh, if you could just if you could just in your mind just see her functioning ex you know exactly the way uh that that she's supposed to function just see it see it happening that way and and have nothing but just respect and love for the way that she's doing it even if it's not the way that you would do it is the business still thriving is it still is it still uh, working yeah it's working i mean we did we did lose some money thanks to some of the things that she did but you know mm -hmm. So yeah, I I just I just don't know how to how to get rid of this resentment that I have, you know, yeah. kind of piled up. And and I yes. know that you wrote a book about your father and how to forgive him. I I haven't read the book yet, but I mm. want, just wanted to see how how were you able to forgive him. I was able to forgive him because I was I was directed to do so. I was sent sent to his grave, um, and. Um, and, and why I really went to his grave uh, I went to his grave to piss on his grave to put it bluntly I was so angry at this man and so filled with rage for my whole life that I just I, you know that that was my intention in going there that I was just going to curse at him and you know because I had never met the man he had been dead 10 years and I didn't even know it and so on and I told the whole story and I can see clearly now um, but um, I, I got it I got into my car and I just was driving away from the cemetery I was going to, and something called me back, and that's something that called me back. Um, uh, you know, I went back to the grave, and it's, it's just it, it was an it was a well, Maslow, our, my teacher, used to call these peak experiences. It was like one of those magic moments that uh, uh, something uh, something was directing me to get rid of this rage and this anger and this and this hatred and this bitterness that I was feeling, and I had been feeling for my entire life towards this man for walking out and all of those things, and it was. Uh, it was one of the most freeing things because the minute that I did it, Natalia, the the, the uh, everything in my life started to change. I just yeah. I can remember saying, from this moment on, I send you love, and that's what I would recommend. From this moment on, I send you love, and mm -hmm. um, and then I went and I, you know, I, I I changed my diet around. I start I stopped drinking. I stopped doing drugs. I got out of a relationship that wasn't working, uh, and I sat down and I wrote a book that became a classic, Your Erroneous Zones. I wrote it in 14 days, uh, and mm -hmm. I had been so struggling all that time before that. And, and and what I'd suggest with you is that um, you've got the same thing going on. I mean, you you want to deny your your mother the opportunity to see her grandchild um, because of resentments. I remember being in a meeting uh, years ago. It was an, an, an AA meeting. 
um, that uh, I just was attending as a guest. I, uh, and and I remember on the back of the of the in the back of the room there was a uh, a, a sign uh, that someone had put there. It was a, a poster, and it said, "There are no justified resentments. There mm -hmm. are no justified resentments." And um, it's very interesting. My daughter has written a book called uh, um, Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. She's written it with me. And that's one of the chapters. I'm going to send you that as well as the uh, the thing with Abraham today. I want you to read that chapter on There Are No Justified Resentments. Because all of the resentments that you carry around, they don't do anything to change your mother. All they do is is create dissonance and up, being upset and anger and, hurt and hatred and bitterness and fear and uh, all of the stuff that you don't want. Um, yeah. And if you, you know, if yeah. you can just find a way in your heart to just send love to your mother, even if she's behaving in ways that you don't agree with, and just become a being of love, just become that, um, you're, you're going to see a, a, a dramatic change in that. And I would invite her to come over uh, here and see your baby. And, uh, okay. you know, you, you don't want to get to the, you know, whoever... I remember what Maya Angelou said, and it's like it really, it really hitting home with me now. Before she passed away, when she turned seventy, she said the thing that she remembers the most uh, that 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 she learned at the age of seventy because her mother passed away. She mm -hmm. said, no matter what your relationship is to your mother, no matter what it is, when she's gone, you will miss her a lot more than you ever realize. And mm -hmm. uh, I can say that's really true. For I lost my mother uh, two years ago, or she passed she passed on, and. Mm -hmm. um, I miss her. I, I miss her uh, enormously, uh, and, and think about her all the time. And I think that same thing will be true with your mom as well. And whatever the question you have, Natalia, whatever the question, love is the answer. Love truly is the answer. Send, and you'll find that when you send her love, the the kinds of things that she is doing that you find you, you you're filled with resentment about um, will disappear. They'll just disappear. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So. You have to be the bigger person. Ask yourself, yeah. what would, what would God, if you if you have a relationship with God, what would yeah. God say, uh, you know, to uh, to you and to your mom? You know, I mean, she is a being of light and a being of love. Uh, that's yeah. where she came from, um, and our source would never ever deny uh, deny her love just because. You know, she behaved in some silly way that you don't think she ought to be doing, running a, a business. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway, that's my advice to you today, my dear. You. We're going to send you Thank both you. of those books, Don't Die With Your Music Still In You and Co-Creating at Its Best. Thank okay? you so much, Mr. Dyer. I really, Thank really, you. really God love bless you. you and love yeah, all I love you too. But I know I don't know that you're really getting what I'm saying. I, I want you to really make an effort. In fact, if you can, I don't know what time it is in the Ukraine, but as soon as, as your mom's awake, um, just call her and tell her how much you appreciate her and, uh, and how much you'd love to see her. You know? Okay. Okay, I you, will do that. I will do yeah. that. And when she Thank comes, you. just every moment that she's here, just remind yourself that she is entitled to be whatever she is and just love her for that. You'll see. Okay. It works. Okay, All dear. Right. Thanks. God bless you. <laughs> Thank Thanks you for so your call. Leave your address. And hold on, Natalia. And Miguel, thanks for holding. And you're on with Dr. Wayne Dyer today. Hello, everyone. Uh, hello, uh, Diane and Dr. Hi. Dyer. It is just a pleasure to talk to you both. I have known uh, Dr. Dyer ever since I read The Power of Intention of the eight mm -hmm. And I've read uh, Begone, I Can See And I got the shift 
from my brother-in-law, which was on Maui for a marathon, my uh, brother-in-law, David, mm-hmm. who uh, saw you walking and uh, spoke uh, a, a little bit. You asked him very kindly to where he was uh, staying at, the hotel, and mm-hmm. uh, you uh, went to the hotel and hand him the the, the video, um, the movie. Of the shift. Oh, yes, I do that a lot, ship. right. Mm-hmm. And and he, I, I don't know if he did see it or not, but I uh, seen it uh, a lot, and uh, I'm just I'm thrilled to to to. to and uh, I I know I have a limited time. Um, yeah, and that also your connection is coming in and out. I don't know if that's true for you, Diane. But I'm, I'm yeah, I hope we don't lose him. So go ahead with your yeah. question, Miguel. Go ahead, so we don't want to lose him. I think yes. a, we only have a minute or so left. So okay, I, I uh, I've read many times, and you've even said it uh, in the introduction. Have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Right now, if if I if an idea gets a hold of me, uh, how can I not attached to that thing, uh, to that idea, and, and how is it that I can attach to nothing? Oh, that's so. That's a really great question. It's about attachment, and it, and this whole idea is that you know attachment attachment to something means that if it doesn't work out, I mean, it means I must have it. I absolutely have to do it. And if I don't, if I it doesn't come through the way I want it to, then I'm going to be depressed, or I'm going to be sad, or I'm going to be hurt, or I'm going to be sorrowful, or I'm going to be uh, in in fear and so on. A, a detachment mean, doesn't mean that you don't have your excitement about what it is that you're doing. You're just Maslow said you detach yourself from the outcome. You know, you get so involved in what it is that you're doing that you let go of this idea that it has to show up a certain way or that I'm going to make so much money by doing it or whatever it might be. You let go of all of those external things and you just embrace and, you know, and, and merge yourself in with this. I become one with it, but don't be attached to it and the idea. And if it, if it doesn't work out, if it, uh, if it wasn't destined to, uh, to be so, then you just, uh, you just allow it to move on. You stay in a state of flow rather than a state of uh, all, things always have to be the way you want them to be. Yeah, attachment is, is one of the, it's like, I think probably the highest place in relationships, what I'm learning at this time in my life, is how to love without attachment, how to love someone yeah. and just allow them to just be who they are and uh, with no judgment or no interference or no expectations um, uh, that I might have uh, for them. Just, uh, I love you just the way you are. You know, Billy. I think Billy Joel sang it. Don't go changing just to please me. Don't change the color of your hair. What are you laughing at, Diane? That's my that's my Billy Joel impersonation. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> anyway, I think we have to go. I think our time our time is yeah. almost up there. So yeah. Well, thank you for calling. Leave your address. We're going to send you a copy of the uh, the thing that I did with Abraham. Um, thank you very much. I you're feel very, very welcome. To talk to you. Thank you so much. Co-creating at its best. And thank you. In Madrid, Spain. Yeah, that's what great. Time could, day, uh, what time of day is it over there? Oh, they, there uh, he is. What right, did he, right now, it's uh, 10.53 uh, at night. Uh, at night, yeah. So, so it's exactly mm-hmm. 12 hours or 13 hours from here where I am. So yeah. anyway. Well, thanks for tuning in, Miguel, all the way from yeah, Spain, staying up late. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank I, you so I, much. I, and I actually hear... hear um, Hear this show uh, quite often uh, since uh, this summer. 
Oh, great. Great. So we're all over the world. I love that. We are. We're glad you're listening. Yeah. Thank you for your call. And Appreciate also just so to much. remind the listeners, too, you know, if you don't catch the live show, you can always go back and listen to the archives and also have this show sent directly to your iTunes. Really? Yes. <laughs> We've got How all this great technology. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is iTunes? What, is, what are you talking about? I hear those words a lot. I have no idea what they are. <laughs> you know, there's a thing called the iPod, or you can put it on your phone. Right. And, but uh-huh. yeah, we reach yeah. people. Uh, we get email all from people all over the world, which I think is, is yeah, so amazing. I love that. If you would like to hear more of Dr. Dyer's radio show, tune in to HayHouseRadio.com. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.